Welcome back to NLP's Young Professionals Network podcast, Growing in the Green Industry. Today's podcast is powered by our Young Professionals Network partner, Steel. Steel makes a full line of gasoline and battery-powered outdoor power equipment for the demanding landscape professional. Find yours at steelusa.com. Your hosts of today's episode include myself, Miles Caparis from Include Software, Neil Glatt with Grow the Bench, and Macy Wallenberg with Landcare. How y'all doing today? So excited. We're making our season two debut this week. Yeah, season two. Both of Ma- us here. Macy, did I bumble your last name? Is it Wallenberg or is it Wallenberg? Wallenberg, yeah. No, we're uh, okay. good. I like your y'all that you threw in there too. Like, how y'all doing? I, I've, I've been, you know, DC is just south enough and you get enough Southerners in DC transplanting in where that just has rubbed off on me. I'm like, the North, the Northeast is missing out on the efficiency of y'all. Like, cause like you all versus y'all, y'all just like, boom. And it immediately makes you like way more relaxed. See, I went to college in the upper peninsula of Michigan and we had the far less popular U's. <laughs> what are they doing up there? I'm in Grand Rapids. So, you know, like, but man, those U No, the UP is totally different. <laughs> Grand Rapids. Is not, like, Grand Rapids might as well have been New York City compared to where I was. <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, uh, apologies to any youpers that are listening to this podcast. We they're not. It. There's only like two hundred thousand of them, and they. We don't. You don't. I don't know. think they have the internet really up there. Oh <laughs> I'm not saying any of that stuff. You know, I'm I'm all for you know nationwide. So here we go. <laughs> They're too busy off inventing the next ski jump or whatever they have going. Yeah. The Upper Peninsula, home of the ski jump. Always learning something on this podcast. Here you go. It's a beautiful part of the world, though, by the way, just to shout it out. It's absolutely gorgeous. I did love my my time in college, but it's not on my top places to go visit again. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> That's all. Macy, what's up? Nice to see you. It's been a while. No, it has been a minute. Just... You know, spring season kicking off like crazy and everybody's in the same world right now, for sure. It's uh, crazy, but we finally have a beautiful sunny day outside here in Texas. It's just rain, rain, and more rain. I say every time, every time I, I see you on a podcast, it's always following some like major weather event and weather anomaly in Texas. I know it's crazy or some big life event. It's just, but we're getting, we got mowers on the ground today. We have not got any mowers stuck this week and, uh, or this year yet. So that's always a blessing. Knock on wood. We got it. Oh uh, yeah. Knock on wood for real. All right. You're going to get a call like in the next three minutes. Like, Hey, Macy, like strap broke. Can't get the mowers out. You know, clients pissed. They got a Memorial day party. <laughs> you know, I just had two of my managers call me back to back right now. I'm like, Oh, that, well, there it is. There's- <laughs> That's cool. How's how's um how's how's things as uh your branch manager journey has um gone along? I'm curious. I haven't followed up on so tell us more about it. It's know. good. It's a huge learning curve for sure. Um, but as long as the customers are happy, then it makes the job a little easier. So as long as you're doing your regular day to day stuff, learning the financials slowly and uh, how to work with people even more. I think it's a huge people skills job. Um, you can learn financially, you can teach people landscape, but people skills are definitely something that 
are harder to learn. Um, so just working on that and how to communicate better with everybody and their different personalities. I think I felt every deep breath that you just took right there. And I understand exactly what you mean. <laughs> there are better ways to phrase things. And I think that's one of those ways. <laughs> Neil, were we talking about that uh, in a recent podcast? I don't know if it is. I, that's my whole life is talking yeah. about that. Cause I just like, I, I'm, I'm very aware there's ways to phrase things that are better. And that is just one lesson that I have not been able to practice <laughs> ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think um, ah, that's a, that's a skill for sure, though. You know, like um, the idea, uh, like like how do you how do you phrase things? Because um, I was I was actually talking to some friends about it, and uh, who in just different industries are talking about it. it's like, well, uh, how do you ask for a raise or when you're up for a promotion? How do you negotiate for more money? Right? It's like, well, you. He's like, well, you know, I don't want to be like come across as greedy or like ungrateful. I'm like, well, I mean you could go to the conversation saying like, well, I want more money. Or you say, you know, that's cool. You know, it's interesting. Uh, I, li- I like the, I like to offer, but you know, I was just thinking more in this range. Like, what do you think? Um, and, and is that in the ballpark? Um, if not, like, what can I do to get there? Cause I'd really like to get there. You know, you can really fluff it around, but that fluff actually uh, changes people's perception of what you're asking versus like, give me versus like, what can I do to help you? myself get there and i think that's the right way to do it but i you know i'm super direct i'm pretty brash in the way that i talk and and i just have leaned into that and been like i'm gonna my the difference for me has been let me share about myself and my shortcomings and get to know me authentically right to understand my intention because my delivery is gonna suck but if you if we can align on the intention being good then then we're cool right yeah, that's interesting. I also heard that too um, on another podcast I was listening to last night. Um, the idea of like virtual communication. He's uh, the the guest. Um, I think it was Daniel Pink. I think his name. Um, he's awesome. He's, have you read his book? Yeah, yeah, I have. He's um, got a few of them, but yeah, yeah, yeah. His original book is um, a whole new mind, right? Um, right brain, left brain. Yeah, thing. I think that's him. I read um, Tipping Point. Is that by him? I, I think so. I don't know. The point is, is that he, uh, he said that, you know, you have to assume the positive intent and especially in like communicating virtually, right. Because like, yeah. there's a lot of signals and, um, uh, body language and, uh, like intangibles that you're not seeing, um, in your day to day. So, but also that comes through, I think in like any communication, email chat. So I also have some other things I want to talk about too, run by you guys about like chat programs and stuff like that, but. We have a whole bunch to talk to Macy. What, what are some, since it seems like relatively fresh, like what have you figured out in uh, seemingly the hard way of what works better and what doesn't? <laughs> I think the biggest thing that I've been told since I started working here um, by one of our leaders is you have two ears and one mouth for a reason. And I might've said it before on this podcast, but I think that's the biggest thing and constantly reminding myself just listen, just listen to what they have to say, um, whether it's an hourly employee or it's the manager directly under me, or even sometimes my manager, you know, just listen and be open to other people's ideas. Cause you never know when that person's going to have a breakthrough moment and come up with the next like robotic mower, you know, you just never know what's going to happen. And maybe their way is a more efficient way. Um, 
So just listening a lot and it's really hard. I like to talk um, and I like my own, my own ideas, of course. So that's been uh, the biggest thing is just shut up and listen. I, I listened to um, last week's episode with Britt and he was talking about something similar with, you know, as an executive director of the association, his idea is never the right idea, but he points people in the right direction and then tries to build consensus and, and values that momentum far more than the idea. Yeah. I kind of want to like roll back to the salary thing, just <laughs> like asking for a raise, like being a boss and having, you know, people come to me and ask for raises all the time, whether it's hourly employee, salary employee, um, whatever I'd asked for one, you have to like address yourself first. You know, why do I deserve a raise? Like writing down these things. Well, this is what I do. You have to think of it like a salesperson, you know, salespeople get their commission because they're doing these things. They're selling these jobs. But if you're not a salesperson, you know, what are you doing for the company to receive this? So setting yourself down first. And like, if you were presenting to your boss, like I deserve a raise because I added on this account, I brought on five employees and I take care of all the mowers or I do all the ordering through our vendors, you know, having those things. It's like, why are you a value to the company other than just, Oh, I love my boss. Like we get along really great. You know, what's my value and how much is my value worth? Because if I left, this is what they would be losing. If someone, cause someone's always willing to pay more. Like you're almost always, especially in landscape, it's everyone's always so short staffed. Like you're always going to be able to find a job that pays more. Will you be as happy? Maybe not, but just going up front to your boss with those concerns of why you deserve it. Yeah, that's it's um, interesting that you say a salesperson because when I think of sales, the first thing that comes to mind is you got to be solving the problem, right? People be paying for whatever um, if they're solving the problem. So it shouldn't be like, here's why we're so great. It's here's how I can help you. Right. Yeah. But also you can't just, uh, well, I guess you can, but disagreeable people make a lot more money than agreeable people. This is a, a published study, right? For men, it's 18% more money. If you're strongly, if you're uh, significantly disagreeable for women, it's 5%. Um, and, uh, just fascinating, right? So when somebody suggests something, don't be afraid to rebuff it a little bit because that's that's how you get what you want too. Yeah, no, that's funny. I, I may say appreciate your perspective because uh, it's spoken like a true true manager who has a lot of direct reports. And then I'm speaking from the perspective of like, I don't have any direct reports with me, right? I'm, I, it's just, and I, I don't think I've ever had like truly like direct reports. I've always like, been like as a support or like a person who has to not um make change through being the boss but rather through building influence and consensus right because i never was paying anybody's bills or dictating that so what's funny is that i'm always the one like whenever i move jobs i'm the one who's negotiating for my salary i don't have to negotiate with anybody else so like i'm always in the camp of like well yeah everything's a negotiation so (laughs) Like, sure, they might say something or like they might bring the argument, like what value you bring. Um, but you also you have to also push for yourself against that. So I appreciate I appreciate that because it brings both sides. <laughs> it's, it's all over the place. You just never know what you're going to get when you have people walk in. They want like 
million dollars just for like reference not really but just like I don't even make that <laughs> do you have like a published pay scale where it's like this is what you make in this but no you gotta get that we have well we have like general like production manager account manager branch manager like the ranges um, yeah. go um but it's not set. We don't have a specific, okay, year one, here you are, year two, here you are. It's, you know, you have your base that you start at and then slowly just either progress or you move positions or. I, I just worked with a company to build one. In fact, we posted one on our blog on Grow the Bench the other day. Um, we called it a path, path to growth. And so there's like crew leader one, crew leader two, crew leader three, right? And there's a pay band for each of those. And each of them has a minimum experience required in a position. Could be with another company, could be with, with our company. And then each one has the hard skills you're supposed to have. And each one has the behavioral skills and, and values you're supposed to exemplify. And um, so it's a lot of work to put it together and to make sure it maps to the current people you have, because, you know, those pays start to drift all over the place. But once it's established now, if somebody comes to me for a raise, then it's like, well, you're in this band right now. So we can max you out by giving you an extra 50 cents an hour, but to really get you an extra couple bucks an hour, here's the skills that you need to develop. And here's the, the values you need to start to exhibit. And let's, let's hold up and see how well you're doing that and where you're short. And then as soon as you're doing that, I'm so excited because now you actually get paid more because you're more valuable. Right. And, and it's a, it doesn't, it's not this negotiation anymore. Now it's a developmental conversation. And I'm sure every person who does have direct reports is like, listen, I will happily pay whatever it takes for some all-stars right now. Right. It's the people who are, um, just trying to hold me hostage because the guy up the street offered a signing bonus that I can't stand. Right. Mm-hmm. I worked on something like that too. Um, I really, I, but I didn't, it was like more of a hard skills doc is literally an Excel sheet. Um, like where you start from the top at like the lowest level skills. Um, and then you go to the highest level skills. So like the, there's one sheet and it's per department, right? Like maintenance, construction, lawn care. Um, because it really depends on what, what area and what skill set you're working in. Obviously, you have cross-functional people too. But um, yeah, I really like that. It was really effective because um, it gives you as a manager and uh, people on your team like tools to like be confident and also like not feeling bad saying like, hey, I'm not going to pay you more or like, hey, I'm going to give you X amount of like it, it gives you it gives you a range. So inter- it's an interesting discussion too, because there's certainly market pressures based off of just supply of labor too on like, like what that is. So it's like, you know, if if you haven't adjusted your pay bands in, in three years, then you're not competitive or paying enough, right? Like you got to get, um, first of all, if you're depending on what state you're in, you know, the minimum wage may not be a livable wage. Right. And that's a problem. Like if people can't survive off of the full-time job you're offering, then it's just not going to be a solution long-term for people. Um, Secondly, if, you're half of where everybody else is, then I don't see how you can really play ball. But I also think that you don't need to be much higher than average. Um, In fact, uh, I often paid less than average, but delivered so well on 
mission and purpose and development and flexibility that um, I never had an issue um, compared to other people. Interesting discussion for sure. Anything else, anything more on that? I think the seasonal labor is a huge, a huge driver in it. I mean, we see guys all the time that come in and ask for a little bit more and someone else who's short labor, you know, short 17 um, employees for the season, they got to pay them whatever to get them. And so like, sometimes they come back like, I need $3 more an hour. It's yeah, I don't even see how that's how anybody's affording that, honestly. Um, so it's definitely the seasonal labor piece of salary. Um, it's definitely a hitter every single year um, when people realize they're not getting their visa workers or um, can't find local labor. So it's a huge thing for our industry. How did you handle that, Neil? I mean, I'm sure like in the snow world, I mean, you guys, your pay rates are a bit higher, a bit more of a premium, but you still had probably had an aspect of that, right? Especially in your more Northern markets, like where you had, a, where snow is like a little bit more commoditized. Yeah. I mean, we, I think um, one year I had over a thousand seasonal um, snow shovelers, right? So um, none of them were on visa programs or anything like that, but they were all from, they all had other responsibilities and other jobs. Right. And um, yeah, guys were offering, you know, $25, $30 an hour cash under the table to do the same work that we were paying 15 on the books for. Right. So, um, you know, the big thing is I wasn't trying to hire people for $15 an hour to go shovel snow, even though that's what ended up happening. Right. When I was, when I was talking with you and I said, Miles, here's the opportunity. We're going to go out there and we're going to shovel all the pharmacies that we take care of so that our grandparents can still get their medication in the wintertime. And Miles, we're going to go shovel all of the um, um, MBTA, the commuter rail that takes people to Boston. So even all winter long, people can still work their job and provide for their family. And Macy, I've got this job where we're going to go shovel at the grocery store. So everybody can buy milk and eggs and bread, even when um, we get the worst blizzards in history. And we've got this opportunity to go shovel at the utility provider so that everybody has heat and power, even when it's super cold and, and it goes out, but the crews, because of our work, the crews are going to be able to restore that quickly. That's what we're doing out there every single time. And by the way, I know that you don't have the tools. We got all the shovels for you. We've got boots and jackets and hats that we can get you on a payroll deduction on a really aggressive rate, cheaper than you can buy at the store. So we'll help you do that. And if you stick around long enough and do a great job, like you can graduate into a full-time position or you can, there's an opportunity to work in the shop. And I had a guy who had done that. I was able to show him off, you know, kind of as the poster child for advancement. And it was like, people would take that job for $15 an hour on the books literally hundreds of times a winter over somebody offering $25 cash because it's more important. It sounded better. Super good way. It's all true. It's not a hundred percent true. It's such a good way to put it because it's completely true. And then we delivered on those promises. Right. And we celebrated it. We took care of the guys and we, you know, the guys who were offering cash under the table would always try and shortchange the hours. They'd knock them off early. They'd call them in late. They'd make them drive when there were six inches of snow on the road and it was dangerous. 
and me, I'd give them, I'd give them all the hours I could because I had the room in the budget, right? I wasn't on the bubble of profitability the same way that somebody double the labor rate was. So I could afford to put them up in a hotel and buy them coffee, uh, you know, and, and take care of them and make it a safe quality environment, even though it was still just a seasonal position. So, so that was the bet that we put on. And, you know, there were other things too. I had managers who really invested in the relationship and got to know you and know your family and send you, you know, texts on Christmas and things like that. And that all went super far too, but it's, it's that, you know, holistically, is this a good job versus a quick payday? And it's not like we'd win that for everybody because they you know, the dollars can get enticing and people would jump here and there. But when people walked into my office and said, Neil, I need 20 bucks an hour because this guy's offering to me or I'm going to go, I'd say, all right, man, see you later. Call me if it doesn't work out. And I had people who like stood in my door and realized the threat more on the operator side, right? Our, our equipment operators were 25 to 30. And I had a guy walk in one time and says, I'm going to get 50, $45 an hour working for this other guy. I'd be like, Hey man, uh, that sucks. Cause you're a great operator and I'd love to keep you around. Um, but Hey, uh, good luck. And he didn't leave my office and I was really confused. And I'm like, what's the deal? Like, why aren't you going? And he's like, well, their equipment like doesn't even have a windshield, you know? <laughs> and like, we got the heated seats and the, the Bluetooth in ours. And I'm like, well, I'm confused. Like, are you taking it or not? Because I'm not budging, man. This is a this is a good job. It's a good piece of equipment. But if you want to go, like, I'm going to support. I'm not trying to hold you anywhere. So it's it's funny what happens when you stand your ground. I would agree with that, though, because if I was that hourly position, because I did it this past winter, I drove a skid with no windows or heater or anything, and then I drove a skid windows, the seat warmer, the radio, and man, I could have sat in that thing all day long for $25 an hour versus like 45. <sighs> yeah. It is cold. My, my guys worked longer hours because they were, they were safe and comfortable and able to, you know, yeah, you got your snacks in there with you. You got coffee. I mean, snacks. I sent pizza to the site. <laughs> like <laughs> I could afford to, right. Cause I wasn't just dumping it all into payroll. So yeah. I'd love to have my, uh, my younger brother back on. He's, he, he's one of those guys who gets like itchy when it starts snowing. Like he loves it so much. Um, and they got, they got a good, like it's, you know, providing the right equipment, good culture. So, I mean, that's a grind. Snow's a grind for sure. So I'm, I'm in between last week. I missed cause I was doing a, a in-person event under our snow fighters brand. And next week I'll be gone for the same thing. So I'm in snow mode right now, even though it's 90 degrees out and it, I know three quarters of our listeners are just like, what is this guy talking about? <laughs> this is the green industry podcast. And the other quarter from the UP and hate me. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, cool. All right. So I'm going to switch gears here. Um, we had on our list uh, talking about mentorships, um, upcoming graduations, newly graduated fresh blood coming out into the workforce, ready to learn, apply the things that they learn in college and uh, all, all, all is hopeful in the world. So uh, no, no, but for real though, I'm excited. Congrats to all our new grads whenever that's happening. Uh, that's cool. You, you worked hard. You did it. You made it. Everyone's been there. You're going to look back on this time fondly. I hope. If you're a new grad, 
hold out for that signing bonus because you can get it these days. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get a signing bonus in 2009. That was non-existent. Ask Is that really it. happening? I'm so out of touch on that. Really? Dang. Dude. Like Or relocation. Yeah. Oh, I've had relocation offers. Yes. I've had I've had I've had that one. Um that's a yeah. huge one though, coming out of college because you have no money. You haven't gotten your first paycheck yet. And just getting to the city or town that you're moving to. I mean, by the time you like sign on to your apartment, rent the U-Haul, if you have to have movers, the food that you eat on the road. I mean, probably looking at $3,000 just starting off, depending on where you're going. Yeah. I, I didn't, um, I didn't ask for that, but I did require a company vehicle when I showed up because I didn't have one. Um, so I got that perk. And then for my second job, I asked my my boss in the job offer to include six round trip flights back to where my family was over the first year. Yeah, we've done that. that. Uh, we've had someone that we were trying to recruit that we offered that too, because, you know, it's, you want to see family when you're going far away, you can't really just make the drive and it's your first job out of college. You can just buy flights all the time. Are you guys exploring uh, student debt payoffs for new grads too? Not that I've um, heard of yet. Not on my level. I haven't heard anything. I would, I would love it. <laughs> no, well, <laughs> well the thing is that you have to sign a letter to uh, Landcare Corporate for you, Macy, on that one. Yes, yeah, that would no. be great. Suggestions, well, just to reach out to Mike. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll we'll have Mike on the podcast and bring him on the board. So. Let's talk about this. But for real though, uh, I don't know if many companies are aware of this, but I know that there's some, and again, I'm not a financial or accounting or legal person, but I think there's some regulations out there that you can, the company can write off um, money that they pay out uh, directly to a student loan fund or student loan payoff. And there's some tax advantages in there, I think that are built in. So it's a recruiting tool that other industries are definitely using for sure. Um, I'm, I'm sure that there's some, um, some landscaping companies out there that are doing that, but, uh, just an idea for, for, for to, to think on if you're not aware of that. So it yeah, makes sense. It. So it's like your HSA account for sure. Like, yeah, uh, exactly. If your company is doing something cool like that, post it in our um, Facebook group. Cause I'm curious to see the NALP young professionals, Facebook group how are you recruiting or what benefits if you're a new grad, what have you seen in job offers that the rest of us should be asking for? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The worst thing they can say is no. So, I mean, just tip of advice, don't be afraid to ask, genuinely ask. The worst thing they say is no. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah, again, it's just like kind of constant reminders that there's stuff out there because everyone's so busy that you, you kind of either don't have time to research or listen or know what's on the up and up, but yeah, it's a good tool. Um, so new grads graduating, what's, uh, what's the next steps that they should be taking? Um, and, uh, how should they be thinking about their future or they shouldn't, should they not be, should they just be taking a little easy before they dive in? Time for our favorite topic on every episode, which is mentorship, right? Mentorship. I have a lot to say because I've been mentored pretty hard the last two weeks. So, um, I've had a lot of success stories, so I'm, I'm pretty excited Miles. about it. Yeah, let's hear um, it, Miles. Um, so, uh, so, so I had a friend, um, who I met here in DC. I met him at a bar, right? Uh, at my neighborhood bar and really nice guy. He's in the air force. He's a Delta pilot as well. Um, he's a super, super stellar guy, high values. Um, and we ended up becoming friends. This is about two years ago. 
um, a couple of weeks ago, he brought it in, he was in town. Um, and we, we went out, uh, went out to the bar and he had two of his friends, uh, from high school. So these guys are, I don't know, in their early fifties, mid fifties. Um, and one of them is, uh, um, had, had experience in software engineering and, uh, is just, is very, very experienced person. And, uh, so long story short, we had a great night, um, hopped around DC, went to a good restaurant, um, had a couple drinks and he, he, uh, uh, so he told me at the end of the night, he's like, miles, like, don't feel, uh, don't be afraid to reach out. You know, I'm here. And this guy is like very high level. You know, it's like, you meet a lot of people in your life. You meet only a few people in your life that are just like, this person's at another level. They've been around the block. They, it gets intimidating. Like I was struggling to keep up with this guy and I feel like I can keep up with people for the most part, but this guy, I was like, Oh my gosh, like I'm in over my head. Um, so I was intimidated took me about like a week and a half, two weeks to reach out to my friend to get his contact information. Um, reached out, got the contact information. And then over the, like the past, like, I don't know, three weeks. Um, I just, I messaged him. I had a nice email. I wrote up. I was like, these are the problems that I'm going through. I need, so I need help. And he's like responses in line, right? And just like one, one word on email responses in line. Give me a call at da, 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 when you have a chance. So I read it through his responses. I was like, okay, I'm very prepared, very prepared. I call him, ended up having like an hour call with him, like about like everything they're going through, like direction, setting, everything like that. And he's like, okay, cool. So do this. This is what you need to do. And like, I'm like writing down notes like crazy, like just writing, writing, writing. And I was like, I can't disappoint this guy because like I need to do everything that he says because otherwise he won't <laughs> spend more time with me. Um, so I ended up doing what he said on the first call, come around, had a follow-up call. Um, and now like he like texts me and like he like he um and he's just like messaging me like constant tips of like what to do and i like keep on implementing what he's saying and give him feedback on like what his coaching did and the best part about his coaching is that he sets me he gives me just enough to give me to research and dig deep on myself so that that way my ideas are my mine so i'm not going to a meeting saying well this one guy i was talking to said something or other um, I was like, no, actually through some mentors and through some research, I've come to this conclusion that this is where we should be going. Um, and, uh, that's been a really big confidence booster. And as a result, like I've, I've like mentored some of my other friends, um, through some like creative, um, troughs or, um, some other things, but I've been paying it forward. You know, I had a listener who gave me a call, um, was able to mentor him on that, uh, on some KPIs and measurements, but. Yeah, I don't know if that was useful, but that's my experience. I was just like, thought it was exciting to share. <laughs> no, I think that's really awesome that it's like the mentor teaching the mentee, but in such a different way. It's not like you said, you had to go search for it on your own. Like you had to learn. It wasn't just given to you. Same thing growing up. Like it has such a different perspective on it. Whereas normally sometimes you're so busy, especially in this time of the season as a landscaper, you're just like, here's the answer. Like, just go like not in a rude way, but that's basically how it ends up coming off. And so to really invest, it makes them feel like they're a part of this. The mentee is a part of the situation even more than just, here's how it's done. You know, go on, do it this way is how it's always been done. Yeah. And, um, also what I'm finding is, uh, and much easier now because I feel like I have been like, there's like a lot of experiences that have, I think that really let me grasp truly grasp the opportunity that I have. I think maybe gave me this opportunity a couple of years ago. I wouldn't have realized the full potential of it. Um, 
but uh, in, when you're in meetings or you're talking to people, you, you have to speak from a point of confidence, like this is mine versus like, this is this guy's idea, right? So like the temptation is like, I think as a mentor, if the mentor gives you too much, you don't think it's like your idea. So you don't feel as confident when you're saying like in the, in the meeting, this is just an idea. I don't know. Um, it's just more my feeling, but, but if you're given, like you said, if you're given enough to teach, but then you really practice or you really like prove it out in your head, it gives, gives you that confidence to speak up in the meeting. People are like, that makes sense. Sometimes it doesn't, but you know, <laughs> but it, it's the confidence that I think that it brings. I think there's a huge difference between teaching and mentoring, right? Like when I'm up, when I, when I speak to a group of people and I am just giving a presentation, right? I am teaching skills. I'm teaching ideas. I'm definitely not mentoring those people when compared to some of the clients that I mentor where it's consistent, it's regular. It's not like, a um there's a real relationship there right and to your point miles i'm not just like saying stuff that i think is good more often than not i'm asking them questions to help discover together what's going to work for them right rather than what i think might be the best situation or what i would do because what I would do works for me, but it doesn't work for other people because they're unique, right? We're different people. Mm -hmm. Totally. And what was, what was weird about this one is that this one, this situation totally just like was random, right? So it was probably a little bit of luck. Um, the timing worked out right. It's super blessed, but, um, but also the idea though, is that um, now that I think, I think this is like, I'm just like, this is a growth thing, but I've recognized that like everything that he said wasn't exactly the way that I would approach it. And I, I clocked that and I was like, okay, I don't know how I feel about that. That feels weird to me. Gut feeling did research or thought about it more. And I was like, nah, I don't know if I want to do exactly that. So like the idea that I'm able to be confident enough and recognize that his advice is his advice. That's only come from his perspective. Right. So like, there's other people that have other perspectives and you can merge those two things um, to do that. And um, so he's just like, he's, he's a big piece, but he's just like one piece of like, kind of like the people that you're listening to and bumping off of um, ideas off of to help grasp the, the picture. So, yeah. So all that to say, highly recommend. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, well, that's really cool. Even better because it was out of industry too. Just some random guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's weird about like when you have um, out of industry people, um, it, it's a totally different perspective, right? Because um, we we'd had this like when we talked about Brit and about the the differences that the the landscaping industry and the green industry does have with the people, the culture, and everything like that. Sometimes there's like systems and processes or um, I don't know, Neil, you're kind of like out of industry too, but so maybe you can like help me verbalize this, but there's like, I guess there's like cultural expectations that happen in corporate America that you don't recognize or realize or experience ever in the green industry if you're hundred percent in this. So, and there's some value in that and like having people outside mentor you 
helps bring like those norms that have been learned across. Yeah. You know, like his industries that have like hundreds of years of like experience versus like the green industry, which is. I think what I'd say is the, you know, you're going to get, there's a variety of perspectives within the green industry, but they all share some, some common lens. And from my perspective, the more, the more perspectives I can gather on an idea or a problem, the better I'm able to really see reality. Right. Um, there's some philosophy behind this, right. But seeing things from a flat, flat perspective is, is a limited view. And if you can get a 360 degree of it, then you're able to really understand what it actually is. Right. And the same is true of ideas and approaches and problems and solutions. And I think that if you're only in one industry, this isn't a green industry problem. This is a, a scope of focus conversation. If you're only in one industry, then you limit your ability to understand the best possible solution. So I really value having people who don't know anything about what we do speak into me just as much as I really value the people who, who have lived it their whole lives. And like you said, Miles, when I can see from different people's perspective, because nobody's, nobody's perfect, I can kind of pick and choose and synthesize this together. Then I can get the best read on a situation. And I think that that is the most valuable approach. Yeah. Um, and also I think what I'm also learning here too, that I'm feeling very real is that being a good mentee, um, you, you, if you're if, like, cause I help mentor people in like my very like limited scope of experience and, but it's still helpful to people. At least that's the feedback that I get. Um, doing that process actually helps me be a better mentee because I know the expectations. So, um, so I think this is a growth thing, but, um, maybe for our new grads, this would be a little bit of a tougher thing to implement. This might be for like our listeners who are maybe a little bit further, but even that, like you might have like a high schooler as a college graduate, right? A high school that you can mentor potentially um, that you care about and you want to see them grow through their college career. Things change because you have expectations and you recognize that you're spending time mentoring somebody and you're putting that time and effort and you want to, if you want to, you, you want to see them grow. And if they're not taking like what you're saying or implementing what you're saying or growing, you're like, what's the point? This is just a waste of time. So once you feel that feeling of like, ah, oh, like this wasn't a successful like relationship or mentee mentor relationship, that incentivizes you to recognize like when someone reaches down and says like, Hey, let me help you be better. You're just like, okay, I know I need to execute on this or just be upfront and say like, Hey, sorry, I don't have the time, you know, so that way you're not burning a bridge and you can always revisit that bridge if you need to come back to it. Yeah. A hundred percent. And even, even for like new graduates, I would say it's a good experience to have, like reach out to your professors after six months or a year and see how you can, you know, go and speak to, to another class that's coming up and, and give them the perspective of, you know, uh, a season or, or a few seasons removed from uh, academia to in the field, because that's, that's valuable for them. Um, you'll probably need to be recruiting them for your company, right? So it's a great opportunity too, but uh, I really do think that when you have the opportunity to give back, uh, number one, it feels more fulfilling than just about anything else. Um, 
but but number two it helps you really understand how to maximize your own growth with the people who are pouring into you like miles says yeah let's talk a lot on this podcast i can't believe how fast the time flew by I'm, I'm, i didn't take macy's advice i didn't use my two ears and one mouth macy do you have any thoughts on this no i like the conversation it does fly by so fast we're just chatting like we'd just be having coffee all together and just catching up so it's nice to reflect and hear what everyone else is kind of doing and seeing and just also an exciting time for graduates like I just remember um accepting my first job like trying to decide where I was going to go and finally making that first move into my first apartment by myself and it's just an exciting time and live in the moment if you want to take a job halfway across the country there's no better time than now to do it you can always move home um that's my one huge piece of advice is to do it now because you'll never do it if you don't do it now. I'm totally with you on that one. Neil, you got anything? Got anything else? I guess we're giving out advice now. So I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I think I'm at this point. So I'm like, geez, like, <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Yeah, it's good. All right, cool. Well, anyways, so we're going to bump into Rose and Thorne at this point because we're going to cheer on our new grads. We're going to give insights into what people in the working world look like. Maybe we'll get on new grad guests who can get participate in the Rose and Thorns so we can hear the Rose and Thorns of our, um, of our newly energized workforce, the next, the next generation, as they say, part of our generation. I don't know. Anyways. Okay. So Rose and Thorne, I don't need to introduce it to you guys. You, you don't have any guests. We're just riffing off. So, um, uh, Neil, you want to start? I'm going to put you on the spot. <laughs> oh, okay. well, not really on the spot. I've expected it after yeah. a full year of these podcasts. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, weird. My, my rose is uh, tomorrow morning. I'm flying out to LA to visit my little brother. Um, we both grew up there. Uh, only one of us moved across the country for a job. So I'm super stoked to see him. I get to spend, um, oh, I don't know eight or 10 glorious hours at blue heaven on earth, AKA Dodger stadium. Um, so I'm stoked for the, those couple of, of baseball games and uh, yeah, it'll be fun. Um, Thorn. Uh, I have to next week head down to um, Pennsylvania. Cause my, my fiance's grandfather was just placed in hospice care. So that's going to be a long trip, difficult trip. And uh yeah, not not the most exciting th- thing to travel for, but that's where we'll be headed next week. So I'll go next. <clears throat> um, yeah, so uh, Rose has been. Um, uh, I'm taking off tomorrow, so got a four day weekend ahead of me. So that's cool. Um, and uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, been golfing a lot, so that's cool. Um, but uh, Thorn. Thorn was actually, I'm kind of over my thorn, but this is, I still think this counts because it was within the last podcast recording date. But um, uh, I had a lot of, I had a lot of stress to be honest. And like, um, whether it's stress or anxiety, I don't know. It's kind of, can kind of confuse those two things. But, um, um, and uh, it was just about um, some like directional, um, some directional conversations and where we want to go. And, uh, uh, so 
there's like a huge buildup in my, in me. Like that was just like, gosh, this is like painful. Um, and I, I guess, and I've been through this a couple times, like this feeling, really trying to address the feeling of like this, like building like anxiety or building stress like that. You don't know what you're doing or you don't know where you're going and you don't know if you're going to be able to impress somebody or um, if you're not capable, whatever. Um, I'm recognizing that all this stuff is like growth opportunities. Like this is a sign like, hey, I'm growing, I'm being stretched and like, it's okay, breathe through it, I'll make it. Um, so I had that in the beginning of the week, got through it, was actually turned out really great, super positive. So I feel great at the end of the week here, but um, definitely was a thorn for uh, the first half for sure. So just a note of encouragement out to people that if you're feeling it, you're growing. So that's so awesome of you to be able to share that with everybody too. stand up and say it. So, yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, my rose and thorn kind of coincide this week. Um, I guess the rose side of it is I've had the opportunity on two huge things here in my market um, that I'm super excited about. And the thorn is the amount of hours that I've gone into these two separate proposals and um, the late nights, the early mornings, um, staring at a computer for really long hours um, and just the waiting period. I'm in the waiting period right now um, on both of them. And so it's all I think about at night and during the day when I'm not in meetings. Um, so it's kind of the, the thorn side of it, just constantly thinking about it. And just, I just am one of those people I'm like turning it. I'm like, okay, just yes or no. Like, let's just do it. And the longer they wait, the more, you know, you just keep thinking about it. So my rose and thorn kind of coincide, but super excited to have these two big opportunities. Um, so hopefully next time I'm on, maybe I'll have an update. Yeah, no, I, I feel like we could have a whole podcast about like <laughs> how to do that. Cause I, I literally had that um, earlier this week where, where I, I could barely sleep um, where I was like not sleeping deeply because like my brain was just like racking through like all like these problems and like things. So it's just like going, it's like, boom, boom. So I got to solve it. And it was not, it was not a great night's sleep, but I feel like that I've had that a couple times or many times throughout my early career. So, um, I feel you may see it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I'm sure there are a lot of people right now like, Oh, I know the exact feeling. Like I feel like we should just have like a vent session. Yeah. You handle these situations. What things do you use from work in these moments? And there's probably like some like old timers that are like, yeah, I've been there. Like I'm over that now. So <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'll just throw in, I love my therapist. Shout out to my therapist <laughs> for always helping me through that stuff. Truly. I've definitely heard that. No one should be ashamed. I've definitely had friends who are like, this is the best thing I've ever done for myself. Changed my life when I did it. Um, and you're probably right, Neil. I probably should go visit again uh, when that, at that point. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, no, definitely. Um, who was it? Um, I think we had Paul on earlier uh, last season. He was pretty passionate about, you got to get him back on and talk about that. That'd be good. Anyways. Okay. Well, uh, that's pretty much it. Thank you, everybody, for uh, listening. And uh, don't forget to subscribe, leave a review. Everybody, uh, take care. Have a good one. Yeah. Bye, guys. Later.